0: Uh, Tony, I haven't been feeling well recently. This morning, I coughed up three pawns, a knight, and a bishop. I think I have a chest infection.
1: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode, our first episode of 2023 Paladin Financial Talk. We appreciate your your time and effort and enjoying what we have to share with you here today. I have with me, as always, Mr. Tony Shore, our remote host. Tony,
1: how are you? I am so good. I'm so good, Jeff, because I'm here with you and with Jamie Malm. You guys are great, and I appreciate you having me on the show. I've had a great week so far. Jamie, how are you doing?
2: You know, I cannot complain. New year, new start. Love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're in a new year, and I have a positive outlook this year. Excellent.
0: Yep. Love this. Lots of positivity flowing here. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? Great. Yeah. Fabulous.
2: You guys do new year's resolutions.
1: I do. I do as Mm. well. Yep. I do as Mm. well. It's important. You know why, Jamie? Because it's important to set goals. I don't call them new year's resolutions, but a a new year is a good time to get a fresh set of goals and uh, achievable goals. Like I'm going to lose 25 pounds.
2: Starting Monday. Right. My husband's always starting Monday.
1: Oh yeah. Starting Monday. I got a song okay. for him. Uh, yeah, okay. Brad, God bless him. Starting Monday. <laughs> Is he going to start being nicer you to me?
2: You can't start those things in the middle of the week for goodness sake. Tell him, tell Monday. him starting
1: Monday. He should be nicer okay. to me. <laughs> Jamie, how about you?
2: You know, I don't do resolutions, but I guess I do set goals. So Maybe I just don't call them resolutions.
0: I, same area. Yeah.
1: There yeah. you go, yeah. The minute you call them New Year's resolutions, you're you're setting yourself up to fail. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Goals. We have goals. You have yeah, to have goals.
1: You have to have goals. Uh, I have to have goals in my personal life with finances. Um, My financial advisor. I'm not going to name names. Jeff Foley. You know, helps us set goals. I think that's important. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen.
0: All
2: right. Well, we're not going to talk goals today, but we are going to talk about Secure Act 2.0, which arguably the biggest tax legislation to pass in three years since the original Secure Act in 2019. This thing is a bit of a monster. So we're going to do our best to unpack the most important components today. But this is part of uh, 4,000 pages of tax legislation. I think this bit of it is what, maybe 400 of those 4,000? So 90 <sighs> provisions. We're oh, going to go through just sorry. 80 of them today. So don't worry. No, okay,
0: just 80. We're, we're the, con- <laughs> <Stay> <laughs> tuned. the show will carry us through
2: 2023. <laughs> yeah. Our goal is to put you asleep with tax legislation. No, we're going to focus on the few that we think are the most important for our listeners. So three things really here, Jeff, that I I want us to talk about. First, let's talk about RMDs because there's been a lot of changes over the last few years there. There's created some confusion and we do not wanna be penalized for RMD rule breaking. Second is really some of the enhancements that we have to securing a stronger retirement for ourselves. And then number three, some of the new flexibility that's come with this. You ready?
0: So exciting. And I'm curious what percent of Congress actually read those 4,000 pages.
2: <laughs> I thought that was going to be a real trivia question, which stressed me out. I was starting to sweat <laughs> yeah. over here. The, I answer don't is, the answer like is zero.
1: Trivia.
2: But yeah, I, I feel confident in answering.
1: Zero. A lot of congressional, <laughs> congressional aides read it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay, so let's talk about RMDs, required minimum distributions. When the original SECURE Act passed in 2019, we got a raise in the age at which we had to take those. It went from 70 and a half to 72. And now we learn we just got an increase at the age in which we have to take those again. It increased to 73. We know it is going to continue to go up. Although a few years down the road, we it's going to increase to 75 in 2033. But that's so far down the road. Let's not even think about that yet. I let's talk about why, right? So somebody smart told me once, like, don't don't look look a gift horse in the mouth. Like, we're we're grateful we don't have to take these RMDs oftentimes because it allows us to keep our money intact. If we don't need these withdrawals, we want to let our money keep working for us. Right. But let's talk about some of the confusion this has caused because there's, there's more than meets the eye to this. Right.
0: Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I, I find it, um, uh, interesting as well. The, the secure act 2.0 had passed the last couple of days of the year as did the first secure act back in 2019. And you know, that time of year, they, it seems like they kind of squeaked this stuff through and, mm-hmm. uh, are trying to get it under the news radar when everybody's focused on other things, but there's actually a lot of really good provisions in secure act 2.0 and increase in that RMD age. I say, I don't know what the negative would be. I mean, what's the, uh, the gotcha with this. I can't think of what that would be because it does give people an opportunity to have further time of tax deferral before they have to start taking money out. And that also dovetails with some of the other changes that relate to ad- additional Roth, uh favoritism if you will that came out as part of this bill but i'm not seeing what the gotcha is unless unless you're seeing what it is jamie no
2: i didn't mean a gotcha i guess i meant like there's some confusion surrounding rmds so much so that we actually have some even more beneficial things here where like the penalties if you don't take it Mm -hmm. have been reduced there's been some confusion about inherited iras so for those people that have an inherited IRA from somebody that passed after 2020, there was this interpretation of what that meant as far as the ten-year rule was concerned. Mm-hmm. And for the last couple of years, most of us have been under the interpretation that we didn't have to take anything for 10 years until the end of that 10th year. Now we know if you're not an, what is it, a, an eligible designated beneficiary mm-hmm. that you um, actually do have to take RMD. So there's just some confusion that's been surrounding that and we want to make sure that our clients know what they fall into because although the penalty is less you still don't want to fall into the category of being penalized for not taking your RMD. So I guess that's what I want to clear up.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's good. I think we lost uh, lose track of time here at the beginning, end of the beginning of the year, but I think we talked about this a few shows ago where that 10 year rule changed. So when they passed the secure act in 2019, the intention was starting in 2020, you had 10 years to, if you inherited an IRA from mom and dad, for example, That you had to pay that out fully by the end of the 10th year but it was a little confusing how it read many people and how it's been um, acted upon as people thought "Eh, i don't need to take any money out until the end of the 10th year and have it zeroed out well in the secure act 2.0 they clarified and actually a couple months prior that you do have to start taking out rmds and they're going to waive the penalties from 20 the last couple years but starting in 23 if you're under that 10-year rule you do have to start taking some money out each year and have the account fully liquidated by the end of 10 years. So there's definitely some confusion about that, but the uh, 72 to 73 move, that's a good one. And you alluded to this, Jamie, but they're going to bump that out to age 75 starting in 2033. And in addition in 2023, that penalty is decreasing from 50% down to 25%. So if you fail to take a required minimum distribution, used to be a 50% excise tax, that's now 25% starting this year. And if you take that money off, you miss that and you correct it in a timely manner, they'll actually reduce that to 10%. So there's a little confusion on what timely manner is at this point, and we'll expect clarification, I think, here in the next week or two. But that is a big move. it has been a 50% penalty for a very long time.
2: That's a huge move. I mean, you mistakenly miss an RMD, a 50% penalty, and the not you should have taken as a pretty stiff. So to move it to 25 and then to further say, oh, but hey, if you catch it and if you fix it and do that in a quote unquote timely manner, it's 10. That's a great move in the right direction. So Love that we're seeing older ages for RMDs. Love that we're seeing the penalties come down on those. Um, Let's talk about number two here, which is obviously the entire goal and the aim of the SECURE Act is to, as the name implies, set everybody up for a secure retirement. Um, Let's talk about some of the enhancements that have been made to help people successfully fund their own retirements. We have a lot of catch-up provisions that have increased here.
0: Yes, there are some good positive changes there. Part of this is down the road a little bit. In 2025, if you're between the ages of 60 and 63 only, you're gonna be able to make an enhanced catch-up, if you will, to do up to $10,000 a year into a workplace retirement plan. And put it into perspective this year, that limit is 7,500. If you're age 50 or older, you can do 7,500. Once you get to ages 60 through 63, starting in 2025, that's actually going to be $10,000, which is a, a good increase. And that's also going to be indexed to inflation after that point. So that's a big one but you want to be aware of if you earn more than $145,000 in the prior calendar year. So in 2022, for example, all catch up contributions age 50 or older need to be made to a Roth account in after tax dollars. If you're earning less than $145,000 that would be exempt from that Roth requirement. So They're higher income earners in general. They're trying to make that additional catch up move into the Roth category. So they're getting some of that taxable income now.
2: Well, and speaking of Roth, I think one of the things that we have coming for 2023 is a matching for Roth employer accounts, right? So some of the things you just mentioned don't happen for a couple of years, but we've got some more flexibility with employer accounts with Roths also that are starting this year.
0: But exactly, yeah. But what, is that, and, what does
1: that mean? Hmm? Clarify that for me. What is that, what's happening in 23 exactly with uh, matches for Roths? It, it, it be, before, you couldn't get a match from an employer, right?
0: Correct, yeah. This is a big change, and you have to keep in mind a lot of the provisions that came out with this. They passed this at the end of the year. Now 401K providers have to sort through this, change their systems, change their paperwork, their administrative process with all of this, so it might take some time for those vendors to adjust to this. But what it allows is employers are now able to provide employees the option of receiving their vested matching contribution to a Roth account instead of, as you said, Tony previously, that was all done on a pre-tax basis. Sure. So that's a a big win there. That's huge. um, Yeah. Redirect that into Roth money.
2: And you made a good point. And we've got to give companies time to be able to facilitate this. Oh, sure. It's not going to happen overnight. a move in the right direction. I mean, we've been really limited on what we had access to in employer plans, and this is a huge one for people that they maybe don't even know to to look at or to ask for.
0: definitely. And I'm sure there'll be notices coming out from the fidelities and vanguards of the world with with those changes. Uh, another thing you want to be aware of since we're talking about retirement plans at work, is up to this point you had to take required minimum distributions from an employer sponsored plan for Roth accounts. And starting in 2024, so next year RMDs are not required from Roth money within your employer plan. And a lot of people weren't even aware that was a thing. And, and that's been a source of some penalties and confusion, but starting in 24 you don't have to take out RMDs from your employer plan on the Roth portion.
2: Okay. Let's stay on the employer plan track for a minute here because we've got something else that I think is, is a great move in the right direction. We have a lot of people that are really struggling, especially when they first start out to, you know, am I going to fund my retirement or am I going to funnel that money into student loan debt? One of the provisions here, and I believe this one starts in 24 is employers will be able to match employee student loan payments, right? Making yep. those matching payments into a retirement account, which gives some extra incentive to both save for your own retirement while you're trying to pay off those student loan debts. Wow,
0: is, that's yeah. really great. That is nice.
1: Yeah, because a lot of people don't realize a lot of student loan debt is carried by uh, older demographics than you would realize. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah, that is definitely a win. Again, there's a lot of really good provisions in this bill for people.
2: So let's talk about flexibility. I think flexibility seems to be a, a big theme with the Secure Act 2.0 as well. One of those things that really caught my attention was 529 plans. 529 plans have been like the thing that we think about in the investor <laughs> world as being one of the most inflexible options that you have i mean you start a 529 plan for let's say your your child or your grandchild and they decide not to use that for higher education expenses you're kind of stuck right i mean there's a lot of rules surrounding 529 plans with the secure act 2.0 my understanding is you can actually and there's some rules around this but you can move those funds in a 529 plan to a Roth.
0: Yeah, kind of a unique twist there that um, that's, as you pointed out, Jamie, it's a frustration for people with 529 plans where the assets aren't eventually used for qualifying expenses. Save this money, it's grown tax deferred, it was going to come out tax free if it used for educational expenses. Now, if you pull that money out, <clears throat> you pay taxes on the growth and also a 10% penalty potentially. But with this change, if you've had that 529 plan open for at least 15 years, the remaining assets could be rolled over to a Roth IRA for the beneficiary of the plan. And we'll come back to that. But that's subject to annual Roth contribution limits and an aggregate lifetime limit of $35,000. So to kind of unpack that a little bit, let's say you're still in your working years and you put aside money for your child for a 529 plan. And they get a full ride or they didn't go to college and you don't need those funds. You have to have working income to be able to do this, but you could pull money out of that Roth IRA or that five two nine plan every year and use it to fund your Roth IRA contribution for the year. Starting in twenty-three, that's seventy five hundred a year if you're over age fifty. And that counts towards your contribution limit. A lifetime aggregate of $35,000. So, to do that, and there's a little bit of clarification that we're waiting from uh, IRS on this, is that money, um, you have to have been the beneficiary of that 529 plan. So, if your kid is currently the beneficiary, the thought is you would change that to you as the beneficiary and then make that transition over time.
2: And I think the spirit of that is not <clears throat> that we're trying to find some kind of you know, mega backdoor Roth workaround for high net worth people to find a way to get into a Roth account. This is really for those situations where our intent was to use this for higher education. And now I have a scholarship, like you said, or I just, you know, my life plans change and I don't need that money. That is where that aggregate lifetime limit of 35,000 will come in to keep the spirit of this intact, which is let's not you know, make this so inflexible that people are putting away hard-earned money for college expenses and then can't use it.
0: Yep, yeah, which is definitely a win.
2: Yep, I agree. So let's talk about um, some of the other flexible things that happen with this. One is the automatic enrollment for new 401K, 403 plans, new employees. My understanding is there'll be an automatic enrollment that employers can utilize for this and automatic portability, which means I change jobs. I leave an account. How many 401ks do you think are left behind for Mm -hmm. people that just lose track of where they are because they don't take initiative on that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of lost money or misplaced money that floats around out there. Someone worked for a little bit and they have four grand sitting in their IRA account and the 401k, or excuse me, the 401k account, and their provider can't get a hold of them because they've may, you know, changed addresses or whatnot. Um, a lot of times, those small balances will automatically get paid out, so that four thousand is now four thousand of taxable income to the person when they really wanted it for retirement. So that portability will make it easier for people that are leaving job a to go to job B and have that 401k transition over and the automatic enrollment that starts in 2025 where that contribution late rate can be at least 3%. So they're going to force employees is one way to look at it the, to start contributing at least 3%. They're automatically enrolled and then you have to opt out of that to change that to a different rate if you want. Um, the other thing <clears throat> tying in with that lost money, so to speak is the department of labor as part of this secure act 2.0 they've created basically a retirement savings lost and found. So when situations like that occur where this money's floating out there in the abyss, you have the ability to more easily, Uh, find out if you have money you've left behind through old retirement plans. And I haven't heard word yet on when that site might be live and what that process will be, but I'm sure there'll be announcements coming out about that.
2: Well, and I think it's important, we, we can kind of see the theme here. We really are able to take advantage of more options, more flexibility, If we know what's available to us, we have an advisor that can sift through these, you know, 4,000 pages, (laughs) you, not me, Uh, of tax (laughs) legislation, Mm -hmm. then we, you know, we are, we have an opportunity here to really better ourselves and better our retirement accounts by taking advantage of these things. So. That's why we wanted to spend some time today really zeroing in on what are the most important things to know. Obviously we've just touched on a handful here. If we've got some folks listening that think, you know, I want to dig into this a little more. I want to know how specifically this may impact me. What's our next step?
0: Yeah. Give us a call as we always offer you a complimentary second opinion on your situation, on your plan on your investments, what you have in place today And for some people that come in and meet with us, that is a first opinion. They've not really spent time on this stuff before. They don't want to handle their investments in their uh, retirement planning, if you will. So we can help you out as set, set up a time to talk with us, either through Zoom or come into our office for that second opinion. And we'll show you, here's what you have in place currently. Here's what we would suggest you might do differently in order to optimize what you have today and make sure that you're on track to reach your retirement goals, minimize your taxes, maximize social security, your pensions, whatever your moving parts are, we want to help you get the most out of what you have today. So give us a call if you'd like to schedule that second opinion. Our phone number is 651-842-8406. And we just talked about a few of the provisions of the Secure Act 2.0, but there's a lot of them that might have an impact on you and might necessitate you making some changes in where you're contributing and and how your investments are structured. So again, we want to help you to sort through that and make sure you're making the most out of this great bill. So give us a call, 651-842-8406, or visit us online at financialpaladin.com, or you can send us an email at info at And we hope this was helpful and useful for you. As always, Tony, Jamie, thank you very much. And
1: yeah. Thank you. Great thank you, Jeff
0: hear your voices again here in 23. And we're going to see each other here in another week or so, I believe.
1: Yeah, Can't for wait. sure. Big financial conference, uh, yes. Ed Slot and a number of other the top advisors in our country. So we'll be able to talk about that uh, when we get back. That'll be a fun show. And Jamie and Jeff, thank you very much. Listeners, that does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk.